Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water. CastleRock-Petenwell.com. And by Huntworth Gear, high-tech camel wear at a price you can afford. HuntworthGear.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, we'll get the season's final Lake Michigan fishing report from Dumper Dan. Welcome the former world record Jordan Buck back home to Danbury, Wisconsin, and talk with marathon man Jeff Kolosinski about his attempt to break his own world record. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors. It's brought to you by Pappas Trading Post, southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission archery retailer, and they are located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H. And if you look for those two big arrows on the south side of the highway, you can't miss it. You can also find them online at PappasTradingPost.com. This feature airs every week at this time on WTSO, the Big Ten 70, and it also is available all the time on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, and wherever you might get your podcast. Well, joining us once again from the Trading Post is J.C. Chamberlain. Well, J.C., welcome back, and thanks again for joining us. Yeah, and thanks again for having us. For most listeners who hear this on Saturday morning, bow season is here. It opens this weekend. Some folks listen to it a little early on the podcast, but... Hey, it's bow season, and I'm sure most people are just, they're already out there, or they've been just dying to get out there. That's what you're hearing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's that time of year that we're all, we all live for, so we can finally get out there and chase them around a little bit. And, you know, people don't chase them around the way they used to. I think even in the early days of bow hunting, more people hunted on the ground and maybe did some stalking. Have you ever done that yourself? I have. Not as much, you know, around here in the hardwood and stuff, it can be a little harder, but if there was ever a time of year to do it, early season's actually not too bad, especially if you get a little wet stuff where you can really sneak around quietly. And it might not be a bad time to walk around quietly and see if you can't put a doe or two down and get some venison. Yeah, for most guys it's actually a really overlooked time to get out and, and harvest some antlerless deer. You know, they're actually going to be on, on a pattern. They haven't been pressured yet. I mean, you kind of got everything working for you. <laughs> um, usually even, you know, depending on the weather, you know, it can be a lot easier to, to get by their nose as well. Um, you know, typically, you still got a lot of rising thermals, you know, during the day or earlier in the evening. And, um, you know, it just seems like you can get away with a little bit more early for sure. Yeah, and of course most people are stand hunters and they're going to say, well, we're not going to try walking around and shooting a deer. But if you've got to stand over food plots or where deer travel, now you should be seeing does and fawns moving around. Yeah, they're especially get a cool front come in, you know, like we had this past weekend. You know, it can really get the deer up on their feet. Food-wise, they can be on anything from beans, alfalfa, corn, Apples are usually my kind of one of my favorites for early season. Mm-hmm. It seems like it attracts a lot of deer. It's kind of the time when they're really craving that candy. 
it's also a time, you know, acorns can be falling. Um, and I know that we've had reports that guys have been seeing quite a few in the woods already. So, you know, it might be a plethora of food out there, but still going to be up and moving around. Well, the deer have a lot of food options, and I know folks who watch bucks in particular with trail cameras or just watching them from a car window or from a distance if you're watching bean fields. About this time of year, sometimes you hear people ask, where the heck did they go? The bucks were out there in that bean field all summer, and, and they were in groups. Now I don't see them. So what's going on there? Yeah, a lot of times once they get hard-horned, you know, and usually it's right around the time that the beans are going to start to yellow. They're just setting their pecking order and, you know, getting ramped up, getting ready to kind of set their home range for when the rut's going to start to happen. A lot of times they're still moving. They're still usually not too far in most cases, but, you know, it's just them shifting kind of into that more of a fall pattern rather than being on that summertime food all the time. Uh Uh-huh. Now, you mentioned hardhorn. Are you seeing any bucks still in velvet, or is that over for uh, this area? Uh, it seems like it's pretty well over. Uh, you always have a few scragglers, but for the most part, at least everything we've been getting pictures of and the reports that we've heard is that uh, everything is pretty much out of out of velvet now, for sure. And how has antler development been this summer? Have you heard any thoughts, of whether it's just anecdotes or maybe even scientific ideas on whether antlers are doing well, you know, a lot of growth this uh, summer, or or what? Uh, at least the, the deer that I've, you know, we've been getting pictures of, been seeing, seems like the antler growth has been very good this year. You know, it's hard to always exactly age a deer when you see a picture or see them even on the hoof, but you can usually get pretty close, and it does seem like the, the antler growth has been very good for that, you know, three-year-old and up age class. You know, even the year and a half and stuff, typically what we've seen so far anyways, some really nice little sixes and eights. That's always a good sign. Yeah, and this year, at least where I live and I think where you live too, we've had plenty of rain. So the fields have been green, alfalfa is is still growing, and deer have had plenty to eat. Yeah, for being somewhat dry overall, you know, we've had very timely rains, you know, water holes, we went to fill them and they were full <laughs> this summer, so we've obviously gotten enough rain. A really good rule of thumb, honestly, is, is your lawn. You know, if your lawn's doing well and growing a lot, mowing it more often, well, same thing's happening out in the crop field. It's been a really good year for, for growth, for sure. And for people who have lawn care businesses, uh, we've been mowing ours, or the guy who does it has done it just about once a week since May. Mine, usually, because we're kind of on the sand and Usually by mid-July, I can pretty much plan on mowing it once every couple of weeks, if not every third, just to kind of get the weeds out. And This year, it's been every week religiously, and it's just growing thick and crazy. Speaking of weeds, have you seen smartweed and foxtail creeping into fields? We've got that here. I haven't noticed a ton of it. Honestly, haven't really been looking that hard (laughs) for it, but it hasn't been too bad that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you're probably not feeding sheep, but I am, and the buggers won't eat the stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. So i got to mow it, and, and it keeps growing. So people should be looking for deer over food plots and food sources and uh, maybe water. Yeah, I mean, even though there's a lot of water out there, you know, you're always going to have those water spots that are real close to bedding or 
that you can get in and out of really easily, and those are still going to be spots that they're going to stop and take a drink more than likely. So um, not a bad idea to still watch water, you know, especially if it gets hot. Yep, yep. Well, and what if somebody took his bow out of the case for the first time this week? Shame on you if you did that and found there were problems. Like any time, um, there's still time to get it fixed. Right now, we're still, we're probably right around that week to 10 days, depending on if we have to get parts and stuff. But things are still moving pretty smooth in that department. And, you know, like anything, some guys actually won't hunt until, you know, late October, and that's fine. But if you're going to do that, you definitely want to get that stuff attended to as soon as possible. Yep. Sooner you get it in, sooner you get her back. All right. Well, before we let you go, my last question always, store hours? Store open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, and Saturday, 9 to 5. All righty. Well, I imagine you're going to be hunting, or are you going to be hunting this weekend? This weekend, I'm actually going to be birthday partying it. My daughter's turning 10. So oh, my goodness. We'll be doing that most of the weekend on and off, and it's I'm okay with that. So <laughs> I'll probably sneak out early in the week. Yeah, when everybody else is... Doing something else. Very good, and wish her a happy birthday from uh, all of us at Outdoors Radio, and we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. Yeah, look forward to it, and, and I'll sure do that. Good luck to everybody out there. All right. Thanks a lot, J.C. Thank you. J.C. Chamberlain with the Madison Report from Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's largest Matthews and Mission Archery retailer at the intersection of Highways 14 and County Highway H west of Arena, and online at PappasTradingPost.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Pappas Trading Post is southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nacita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal. Year after year, the firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business. And we've mentioned for the last couple of weeks that in addition to their efforts on behalf of 70,000 clients injured in motor vehicle accidents, the firm of Hupe and Abraham has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes. And Michael Hupe, who is president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers, is offering $25,000 as a reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. So if you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, Visit MilwaukeeCrimestoppers.com or call 414-224-TIPS, 414-224-TIPS. 
Well, joining me this week, again from home in Wisconsin Rapids, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, you're back from one and heading to another, right? One tournament down, uh, two more to go yet this fall. We've got the uh, Sturgeon Bay Open Bass Tournament was this last weekend, uh, the fall event, which is really just a kind of a fun event to be at. Uh, It was 40, I think 42 boats. And um, it's a challenging event because the weather can always throw a loop, and and it did, lots of wind and rain. Um, But uh, somebody always wins. And, uh, and, uh, this time around, uh, it was, uh, uh, Jay Shakurik, actually. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> because really? he wins everything. Oh, um, oh, man, he's on a roll. Wow. Yes. Uh, he and his partner, uh, won, uh, won the event. Uh, I think it was like a $3,000 payout, uh, for first place with cash and prizes. He did pretty well for himself. He had a good time with his buddies here, uh, closer to home. I'll bet, yeah. Wow. Well, he's uh, got a lock then for Angler of the Year, I would think, or Rookie oh, yeah. of the Year, or whatever. For sure, for sure. He's Rookie yeah. of the Year in the Bassmaster Series, and he's had a great uh, great season overall. This weekend over to Cass Lake, Minnesota, we've got the uh, final regular season event for the Masters Walleye Circuit. Look forward to that. Always a fun time up there. Hoping to get on some perch while I'm up there. Well, good luck with that. And, of course, archery deer season is open this weekend, but you and Robert will have to wait for that. We will. We will get up there. Uh, we will get out there at some point. And I'm going to Branson for the annual Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers Conference this weekend and into next week, and maybe do some trout fishing on Tani Como, one of the lakes up there. Well, we are offering last week's giveaway for one more week because our podcast was delayed last week. Uh, it was technical difficulties, I guess, is the fair way to put it. I won't throw the blame at anybody, but we want to make sure all our regular listeners have a chance to enter the drawing. So one more week on this. It's a summer sausage variety kit from High Mountain Seasoning containing ingredients for making 45 pounds of sausage in three different varieties. To enter the drawing, call 414-297-7554 or email us at dsoradio at gmail.com. Leave your name and phone number and mention the Sausage Kit giveaway. Coming up, marathon man Jeff Kolodzinski reports on his attempt, successful attempt, to break his own world record for the most fish caught in 24 hours. And speaking of world records, Dick Hartman invites us to the first annual Jordan Buck Festival in Danbury, coming up next Saturday. And we'll kick things off with Charter Captain Dumper Dan Welch, who will wrap up his summer Lake Michigan fishing reports off Sheboygan. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 
Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camo pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Well, it's time for an update on Lake Michigan fishing once again. In the Sheboygan area, it's sponsored by Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters, Condos, and Riverfront Store on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan and on the web at DumperDan.com. And joining us from Sheboygan for what will be our last fishing report of the season, boo-hoo-hoo, actually. (laughs) Although I imagine he's feeling pretty good about the season coming to an end. Anyway, Dumper Dan Welch himself. Dan, thanks for joining us. Oh, you betcha. I'm glad to be back. And all i got to say, Dan, is where did summer go? Yeah, well, it's gone fast. uh, But how's the fishing? Uh, Had a little rough weather the last few days, Sunday and Monday, eh? Yeah, we had some normal September windy conditions out of the east-northeast. The lake chopped up the big, big waves. I mean, it was big. There were anywhere from 5-foot to 8-foot seas here for a couple of days out of the northeast. So we had to reschedule a lot of trips. Some of them went into next year, some went into this year yet. But clients are real good with me on training to reschedule everything due to windy conditions but regardless when we do get out dan uh, we got a couple different bites going here of fish we have uh, some kings in front of the harbor inside outside the harbor some nice spawning size big four-year-old salmon that are still being caught either on the pier privately or charter fishing wise close to the sheboygan harbor and also we have a nice bite straight out and north of town fishing 140 to 240 feet of water kind of zigzagging around them depths for uh coho rainbow and other king salmon so 
So we got some variety left here in September. As long as we can get offshore, we do try and head out to dumper dam boats to the deeper water when the conditions are letting us do that, otherwise fishing close to shore. So some good fishing to be had, and there always is here later part of September, early October. Just watch the winds and watch the weather and get out there when the seas are calm. Yeah, and we were both talking about some proposed increases in Chinook stocking by both Michigan and Wisconsin DNR. There are a lot of kings out there, and now they're talking about possibly increasing. That's got to go to public hearings, of course, but what do you think of that? I'm all for it, Dan, as you know. I mean, we're just ending a three-year increase that we did three years ago, and and this is the last year uh, of that three-year term where we went to 1.2 million king salmon over the 870,000 we had planted, so we you know, had about a 400,000 increase in, in Chinooks uh, the last three years. And we also increased coho uh, and steelhead as well. Brown remained um, down a little bit and lake trout uh, down a little bit. But a lot of the silverfish we, we added to the lake here this last three years, so now we're looking to do another three-year term. I was actually at LTC here in Cleveland last week with a bunch of our WLBA members and also DNR staff. Um, a lot of private boat anglers and charter boat captains were there talking about this future, and it looks real bright for us. Michigan already jumped the gun. They're increasing their stock here next year. I don't know how long their term's going to be, but I know ours is going to be a three-year term, and we're going to Madison next month to start to talk numbers. We haven't talked numbers yet. But we are doing an increase in Wisconsin. They're doing it in Michigan. So this fishery is going to get better and better here in the next decade for sure. Yeah, well, Michigan's is proposed. It's not firm, but it looks like they're going to do it. They've got a meeting on September 19th to have people weigh in on it, I guess. But it looks like they're heading in that direction. And there's another meeting here in Wisconsin on the 19th, which regards the proposed electronic harvest reports for Great Lakes charter boats, both on Lake Michigan and Superior. And I know that would impact your business and and everybody else, even the single boat charters. Well, even nowadays, too, I mean, everything's going, you know, electronically uh, over paperwork like we've done for many, many years, and it'll just be easier for everybody down the stretch, including the DNR, too, to collect this information. And I've had meetings with my captains, first mates, and my crew here at Dumper Dan's about it, and, you know, there's some fine detail we have to work out. we got to obviously have a little bit of a grace period on when we can get these numbers in on a daily basis because, as you know, we're extremely busy, and we have, you know, safety comes first with the boats and the clientele and the customers come first. So after that's done, we can start submitting these reports electronically. Right now, we mail them to Sturgeon Bay, and, you know, I've talked to Brad Ingold and Al Bizzle about this and Todd Kalish, and it's definitely the way of the future. It's going to be easier on everybody. We just got to work out the fine details and make it all good for everybody, and it'll just be easier down the stretch to get this information to our DNR. Yeah, and if people have interest in that, you can go to the DNR website. The virtual meeting is on the 19th, and you can weigh in if you like. Proposing more Chinooks in the lake must mean that bait fish are still pretty abundant then. Well, they are, and uh, we keep uh, talking with the DNR about that. Obviously, we see this every single day on our fish finders, graphs, sonars, in the belly of the fish as we clean them. We see all these bait fish and the size of the fish, Dan. They're healthy. They're big. A lot of big kings being caught here the last four or five years, and there's a lot of bait in the lake. That's a good thing, and an increase is definitely uh, something we need to do again to get these numbers up and get this fishery to where it should be with the number of bait that are in the lake. we got good forage out there and need more stocking, and DNR is here to help us with that. And it's going to be a bright future here, you know, down the stretch here on, on what they do. And with Michigan adding more fish, too, I mean, this is an entire lake system, you know, where... 
if we add in Wisconsin more salmon and trout, we need the other states to help as well to make this fishery real solid because nowadays we're fishing offshore and more than we ever had in all the years I've been doing this. So we're catching fish that are not just Wisconsin trout and salmon. There are other states as well. So everybody's got to kind of help out to keep this a world-class fishery on Lake Michigan. Yeah, it is a shared resource and, and everybody contributes and everybody benefits uh, or has the opportunity to fish out there. Well, as you wind down your season, you're going to pull your boats next month, but your condos, they're open year-round, right? Yeah, they're open year-round, and we do fill them in the winter. A lot of people do come here in the off-season. They might stay a week, a couple days, maybe a month at the most. They are open year-round. Give me a call, 920-377-1147. You'd like to get a reservation on a condo uh, to stay here in Sheboygan if you're here in business or pleasure or what, what have you, um, just let me know. We're right here on the riverfront walking distance to everything. But also fishing and charter packages with lodging for 2023 for next year get a hold of me this winter. I'll be taking reservations all year long. We do have a big push of gift certificates for Christmas, usually in December. So keep that in mind. And then also bookings January all the way till spring when we put the boats in the water here in, you know, later part of April. So definitely uh, get your reservations in. We were swamped this year. We had a great season. A lot of people here, very busy. So get your vacation plans kind of figured out and give me a call at 920-377-1147. Now, another thing, Dan, I've had quite a few that walked in my riverfront store that follow us on this talk radio show. And I just want to thank everybody that's been following us here on all the radio stations that you provide for us for this fishery report. So I thank everybody for that, and I thank all our sponsors because we had numerous sponsors that made this possible for for you and I to bring this to the public, and I thank the sponsors, all of them as well, here in the Sheboygan area. Yep, and there are some great businesses, and we've mentioned uh, many of them over the course of the season, and uh, we featured them in the podcast as well as the broadcast. And I think, again, next year you want to post these reports on your Facebook page again, right? Absolutely. That was a great thing we added this year, and the podcasts were outstanding. I mean, uh really good pictures and video and we got to talk about our sponsors in depth and on facebook people if they didn't hear it on the radio on any given day we're on they could jump on the facebook page yep and i gotta thank my web guy les booth he did a great job with it and i hope he'll do it again next year les i'll be in touch with you for sure and i hope we get him out fishing next year too yeah we didn't make it this year but let's let's get her done so all right dan well thank you so much for all the reports and for your support of our show and bringing those other sponsors on yeah thanks again for everything dan it's been awesome and uh, i hope everybody really enjoyed what we've we've done here for for everybody in the sheboygan area you take care and we'll be in touch you betcha, Dan. Thank you. Captain Dan Welch, Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters of Sheboygan. His website is DumperDan.com. He's also on Facebook, Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters. And you can listen to this report once again on his Facebook page. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at DanSmallOutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small, and joining me again is Jeff Marathon Man Kolozinski. He is the fishing brand manager for Johnson Outdoors. 
And Colo, as his friends called him, and he's got a lot of friends, he's probably best known for his fishing world records for the past, what, 15 years. He's done a 24-hour fishing marathon, attempting to catch more fish by hook and line in a 24-hour period than anyone else has done. Last September, he broke his own world record, 3168, and it was certified by Guinness, their book of world records. His theme this that year was uh, to commemorate the nearly 3,000 victims of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. This year, his theme is to support veterans. His goal was 4,000 this year, and he started at 10 a.m. on September 9th and finished at 10 a.m. on the 10th. Uh, he's taken a few days uh, to <laughs> get some sleep, I hope, and he's joining us again now by phone. Marathon Man, welcome back to Outdoors Radio. My goodness. It's a pleasure, and it's an honor to come back. You know, it's turned out to be an annual event, and we keep doing good things in the community and helping some people out. And so, Dan, I continue to lean into this Marathon Man. Each year, we set out a goal. Uh, most years, we tackle the goal for a, a great fish catch and a great a financial harvest to help people, uh, and this year was the best ever. I guess so, and 4,000 is a nice round number, but that's quite a jump. So where'd that number come from, 4,000? Uh, that number came out of thin air, Dan. Uh, <laughs> we were on a planning call, and somebody said, Hey, Cole, you did 31.68 last year. What are you going to do this year? And I said, well, 3,169, <laughs> and that was quickly shot down. Uh, and so I flippantly said, well, 3,500, thinking that's a market increase yeah. from last year. Apparently, that wasn't good enough either, Dan. They said, well, 4,000. I said, fine, 4,000 it is. That number wound up being printed in Fishing Tackle Retailer Magazine. And unknowingly, I had then signed up for that tour duty. So I did everything humanly possible to do that. Fell a little bit short. In the end, the total was 3,774 fish. There was one caught after that, but that was all right. But it was a great haul. There were uh, loads of people out on the bank, lots of people tuning in, and some great stories. It was a, it was a great weekend, and I am... Still trying to recover, actually. I believe it. Now, this one you did at Giant Goose Ranch in Canton, Illinois. Tell us a little bit about that facility. That facility is the finest family-friendly place to go for outdoor activities. And so it's basically like a giant Jellystone campground, only they've got 50-plus lakes of excellent fishing, trails, horseback riding, all kinds of family activities. A wonderful place to get away from the hustle and bustle of life and go outside and spend time together as a family in the outdoors. Fantastic place. The Herman family are wonderful. And honestly, even as an angler, I can't wait to go back. Neat. Now, talk a little bit about your tackle. I know you use the Euro-style poles to fish, and you're fishing on a dock. Anyone who uh, might have tuned in uh, could have seen you throughout the night and, and day doing this. Uh, what, what equipment are you using? I think it's really beneficial to use tackle that somebody who was going to start out the sport of fishing would use. And for me, it's a 10-foot pole. It doesn't even have a reel. It's a crappie thunder pole from Wally Marshall. You can find them at retail for probably 10 to $15. I use about 10 feet of fluorocarbon line. That happens to be a suffix and a VMC hook, a little live bait, a still gold metal shy bite float. And so basically it winds up to be a 10-foot pole, 10 feet of line, a hook, float, and live bait. And with that, I was able to catch almost 4,000 fish in a day. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a reason why I do it. I want people to be encouraged to say, I don't 
have a lot of money. I don't know anything about fishing. And so I show the sport in a way that is very simple, affordable, and the entire kit that I use is under $25. So I want people to be able to say, I want to fish. Here's how you do it, and it's easy to get started and affordable. And, you know, that's how I got started many, many years ago. We bought a simple cane pole. It had a ferrule, so there was a two-piece pole with just a a tip guide, and my dad uh, cut length of line, just like you said. If you got the length of line as long as the pole, you can't go wrong with a kid. And that's no. that's how we fished for years, actually. Uh, and there's no real to tangle or anything like that. So as you would target species like I did yesterday or whatever, uh, Friday to Saturday, typically panfish is what I go for, Dan. It's uh, bluegills, and there were some green hybrid sunfish, but mainly they were all bluegills on this one. Hmm. So uh, all panfish. Nice. Now, this was a fundraiser, as all of your events are. Tell us about Fishing for Life, your cause this year. Fishing for Life is a great group, and I got to know them years ago when I was living in the Twin Cities, and uh, retired Major United States Army, Major Tom Goodrich, put together a new army of volunteers to go out and teach people and minister to people in, in the language of fishing, and they take thousands of families fishing each year. And they've got a program that was near and dear to my heart, and it's their next-gen program. So oftentimes, folks who are serving on a military are on deployment, and it winds up to be a drain on their family. You've got one spouse back home taking care of children. And so what Fishing for Life does is they find mentors, uh, after exhaustive background checks and a whole formal curriculum, they find mentors for those kids so that they can go out and fish and enjoy the outdoors and have someone while mom or dad are serving the military. And there are occasions when mom or dad don't come home, and there are a number of Gold Star families that have been part of the program. So I have never served formally in our military, but it's just one way for me to give back and say, you know, I appreciate what you all are doing. I understand there's a sacrifice, and there's some people at home that are here to help you. That's really a noble gesture, and I know a lot of people supported it. We've had some vendor sponsors within the industry sign up in a big way. That's not reflected online. I think we'll have about $10,000 in just online giving in the last couple of days. And we'll we'll grab all those funds, bundle them together, and make sure that more families get a mentor and they can have their kids go out and fish. Nice. Can we still donate? Absolutely can. And you know what? If you any donate over $25, you can be in the running with some great prizes from folks like AFCO, Ankle coolers, black rifle coffee, and raffle of VMC, some gift cards too. So we want to incentivize people. Yes, you can give for all the right reasons, but there's a nice little piece doing that. And it's all the, the gear that I use. I, when I'm on the dock, whether it's raining or sunny, I've got AFCO apparel and I keep the bait alive, uh, which is an important thing, Dan. You always want your live bait to be alive. Yeah. That's... Uh, and keeping it in a rock solid cooler is, is a good thing. So that Ingle 55 quart is, a, is one of the prizes. You can tell I love what I do. I'm blessed to do this. I have lots of energy. But somewhere around midnight to uh, 5 a.m., Dan, I do need a cup of coffee. So the folks <laughs> at Black Rifle are, are giving us, supporting us with some, some prize packages as well. So if anyone is inclined to donate anything over 25, your name is randomly picked for some of those prizes that I use ordinarily. Nice. And the information for donations is on your website and on your Facebook page, I presume? It is. You can visit, uh, anyone interested to know more about the event, uh, you can visit MarathonManFishing.com. That website has two convenient buttons. One was to watch the event or one to donate, and you just click that button, and you can join us in helping change the lives of some of the folks serving our country. And then if you wanted even to watch some of the Marathon Man events, Post facto, uh, 
Marathon Man Fishing's Facebook page has many of the recordings that we did over the weekend. And you can watch from the beginning to the wee hours of night where we're we're a little, I'm a little punchy. There's some good, fun, good, clean dad jokes told, uh, and they persecute me with that, and that's how I stay awake. Well, dad, dad jokes will keep you awake, if nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Well, you are still recuperating from last weekend's event. I am. Uh, can we talk about next year? Your goal of four thousand, you know, that could, that'll work for next year yeah. too, won't it? <laughs> I, I have to be transparent. I was wondering, should I do it next year or should I not? And I got a text, Dan, from one mom, and I could get, I can feel my voice change a little bit on this. And she said, Jeff, I want to just encourage you. Last year, my son and I came down. They drove down from Minnesota. Her son loved fishing. He was going through a tough time of life. In fact, why not getting mixed up in drugs and even running away? And she wanted to shove her son as close to fishing as she could. So she, they made the drive, and they stayed for a night or two and watched the Marathon Man event. Her, her note said, Jeff, I want to encourage you as you go to do this. Last year was the worst year of our lives ever, and this was the only good memory that we have from 2021 was watching the Marathon Man event. Wow. And I look at that, Dan, and I, and I say, listen, if this gives anybody hope or pours love or any kind of joy into someone's love tank, you sign me up. So um, it'll be the Thursday, Friday after Labor Day next year, and we'll try to affect some families. There was another family who, a mom with three kids, her husband's on his fourth deployment, is stationed in Kuwait. Um, she's got two teenage boys, a teenage girl, and they're driving her crazy. They enrolled in the Next Gen program, found fishing, found mentors. And her daughter, ironically, gave the best testimony. And she said, you know, this keeps my family together. I didn't like fishing. I didn't care for it. But I see what it does for our family. And so I go fishing with my family, my mom, my brothers, and our guide now. So based on that, I would be embarrassed uh, to not lean in and help people. So, sir, yes, sir, I'll be reporting for duty <laughs> next year. Uh, we'll have so much more fun and more fish, and I would love everybody to stay tuned throughout the year and tune in next year. All right. Well, Jeff, we will let you go. Get some rest and uh, catch Thank up you. on whatever else you got to catch up on <laughs> after the marathon. And we will follow yes, your sir. progress. We'll tell folks uh, about your website. Uh, folks, if you want to donate or learn more, as he mentioned, MarathonManFishing.com and on Facebook, <laughs> Marathon Man Fishing. Well, Jeff, thank you That's so right. much, and we will talk to you again next year about this time. I really appreciate your interest, and I'm honored you had me on. Dan, thank you so much. Thanks for being a supporter, and we'll do even greater things next year. All righty. Thanks so much, and we will keep in touch. Thanks, Dan. You bet. Bye-bye. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the ruffed grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs 
from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Most of you listeners, at least those who are deer hunters, have probably heard of the Jordan Buck, the former world record whitetail killed in Burnett County in 1914 by a gentleman named Jim Jordan. And you may have seen replicas of the mount at sports shows or the original, maybe, on display now at the Bass Pro Shop's Wonders of Wildlife Museum in Springfield, Missouri. Well, the Jordan Buck has come home to Danbury, Wisconsin, in a sense. You may have read about it in a recent issue of Wisconsin Outdoor News. And joining us to talk about it is Dick Hartman of Siren, Wisconsin, Director of Economic Development for Burnett County. Well, Dick, welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network, and thanks for joining us. Okay, thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure. Well, you and I met, gosh, we think 30 years ago when Outdoor... It's been a, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Outdoor Wisconsin came to your area for a wild ricing segment with some folks from the St. Croix tribe, and I, I still remember that trip very fondly. But now there's another reason to come back to your area, and that's the Jordan buck. It's not the buck itself. It's a replica, right, that's even bigger than the deer. Right. Yeah, it's a facsimile thereof. It's made of fiberglass. It was done by the Fast Fiberglass Corporation out of Sparta, Wisconsin. But the antlers were actually designed by uh, antlers by Klaus Adam Richmond, Wisconsin, which holds a patent on the, uh, the Jim Jordan mount. The antlers are not your typical antlers on a replica deer. So this fiberglass replica is 21 feet long, 12 feet high, and 8 feet wide. It sits on a pedestal like he's jumping over a log. So and he's mounted right to the ground on a concrete footing. It's located on Highway 77 in the Gandy Dancer Recreational Trail. I didn't Danbury. Less than a mile from where it was shot. Almost literally coming home. And I, I know Klaus, and I've seen his work. And I understand that next Saturday, September 24th, is Jordan Buck Day in Danbury. Yeah, this is the first annual situation. This is something that we, we feel is long overdue. I mean, 
the records have stood from 1914 for North America, and then, you know, the Hansen book overshadowed it. But it is still a uh, USA record. The first one, hopefully of an annual event, will be on September 24th. The festivities start in Danbury at 10 o'clock with a dedication. You know, we'll have some dignitaries there, the head of White Hills Unlimited, plus local county officials. But we're also going to have a dedication speech by Ron Shera, who is somewhat like yourself, Dan. He's a producer of Outbound Minnesota. And he had the distinct pleasure of interviewing Jim Jordan before he passed away uh, regarding the uh, the Jordan buck and the, the hunt and everything else that happened back in 1977. But to tell you the history of this thing, I, I remember reading about the Jordan buck and boy's life when I was eight years old. And I'm 73, so the legend's been around. So. Yeah, I guess so, yes. Tell us the story. We'll get back to the celebration in a little bit, but why is this deer so important? Deer hunting in Wisconsin and in Burnett County in general is, is kind of a heritage situation. I mean, it's, it was done for survival. These guys weren't headhunters or trophy hunters. They went out and got food for the family. So it was opening day in November of 1914, and Jim Jordan and Eichus Davis, who was his buddy, decided to go hunting. You know, And there was a rail track coming through Danbury at the time. It kind of paralleled the Yellow River, so they went out and they found some pretty good-sized tracks. So they started tracking them. They were fresh. They jumped a bunch of deer, and Jim shot one. It was a doe. He didn't have a knife, so he sent his buddy back to get the knife. So he decided to pursue the tracks further after he shot this doe, and he noticed there was a huge, huge track. So he was walking the rail bed, I guess, and the train came by, and the whistle blew, and this huge buck with a couple does popped up out of the tall grass. He shot at it twice and it kept running. He was getting closer to the river, and he took another shot, and the final shot he shot, it disappeared, so he didn't quite know what happened. So he uh, he walked over, and there was the deer laying there, So and he didn't have a knife, so he, he's trying to walk back to get his buddy. They got together again. They walked up the river where the deer had fallen next to the river, and the ground was all torn up, and the deer was gone. Oh, no. And <laughs> And they're going, yeah, what the heck's going on here? And then they noticed that the marks on the snow kind of led to the river. So they surmised that the buck had rolled into the river, was still kicking, and floated downstream. So they walked the riverbank, and sure enough, uh, he was tangled in the brush in the river, dead. So it took another two people to pull him out of the river and get him back to where they, they wanted him. But they noticed he was a super huge buck. Jim Jordan, he owned a bar right in Danbury. He was kind of a popular guy, storyteller and stuff, so... He uh, wanted to get the horns mounted, basically, because it was that big a deer. So he sent it off to a taxidermist in, uh, I think, Pine City or Hinkley. And somehow, some way, this guy went out of business and the antlers disappeared. Wow. And, and they were gone for a number of years. And yeah. then they were discovered by a gentleman that was walking by a kind of a, a junk shop, thrift store, and saw them in the window. So he purchased them. And from there, they ended up getting purchased by a doctor, I think, in out east in Connecticut or something. And he had it measured, and the story kept gaining ground. And then Boone and Crockett folks kind of got involved, and they measured this thing, and it was a record. So, yep. you know, the, the, the antlers actually came back, but again, they're enshrined now in Bass Pro Shops, the original set down in Springfield, Missouri. But it's quite the story. There's, there's a booklet, and I'll send you a copy of this booklet. It was from the Centennial. Uh-huh. And this gives you the whole story. You know, it shows you the map, the trail, the whole 
Well, it is a fascinating story, and the fact that the antlers disappeared for so many years is, right. is a big part of it. And I actually had my hands on that original rack at one point when it was at the Wisconsin Deer and Turkey Expo years ago when Mark LaBarbera uh, was writing that book on the Buck and Bear Club of Wisconsin and, and the original stories of some of these big deer. And Larry Huffman owned it for a while, a gentleman from West Bend. He had quite a collection, including the Hole in the Horn and the Arnold Buck and the Breen Buck and it eventually ended up with Johnny Morris and Bass Pro Shops, and I think it's okay, it's right. in safekeeping now down there, isn't it? General, one of my whitetails crew went down there to see if they would actually bring it up for the festival, and they said absolutely not. So. Right. <laughs> got the answer right away. It's but not... there's, a, there's a place right in Danbury that's got a replica on the wall. So nice. Well, now, see it, it's it. The, the idea for this statue came from former Burnett County Sheriff Don Shell, didn't it? Don Shell, right. That was his deal. They started this back right around the centennial time. And they felt, too, I'm using to have a deer hunter. And uh, he felt it was long overdue. So they started raising funds, basically through the local Whitetails chapter, the Burnett County chapter. They're, I think they're the second oldest one in the state. They started putting money together for this thing. And then they went out and tried to find a place that could actually do a replica. They looked at doing one out of brass originally, but the price was crazy. So they just didn't think they'd ever be able to achieve that. And then they found the guys that did the large muskie up at Hayward, uh, the fast fiberglass folks out of Sparta, and they agreed to, to do this. And we raised enough money. All the money that you know was raised for the statue was done you know, without any assistance, basically, from anybody. Then, you know, I think the county may have put in some stuff. The town of Swiss, where the, the replica is located, owns the property, so they donated that site. There were a lot of groups, a lot of civic groups that basically provided the money for this thing. We raised, I think, nearly $40,000 to build the statue and bring it back to this memorial area. So we're almost completed with the park right now. The statue's been mounted. We're going to have dusk to dawn lighting on it. We're going to have a kiosk there that tells the story in a short version and provides some, some information on it. So it'll be more of a park area. There'll be a selfie pad. There'll be some picnic tables and benches at some point in time. So when it's right off the, like I said, the Gandy Dancer Trail, so there's bicycle traffic coming from the south and then going to the north. It's it's uh, multi-use, so you can use, uh, you know, side-by-sides and UTVs and four-wheelers and stuff, along with, I think, even horses. Yeah. <laughs> but bicycles. So there's a lot of traffic in that area. So. Well, nice. So it'll get a lot of attention, and it'll especially get attention on the 24th. So tell us right. a little more about what you've got planned for that day. The day starts around 10 o'clock, and, again, I, I mentioned that we're going to have a dedication and the, the keynote there is going to be Ron Shira. We're going to have a parade, and then we're going to have a craft fair and food booths. There'll be displays there. I think the DNR is coming in with some of their uh, wall of shame type heads to display. We're going to have other factual booths, and then we're going to have crafters, uh, food booths. We're going to have children's events. We're going to have an antler hunt in a corn pile. You know, you go in there, and if you find a piece of antler with a number on it, they can get a gift for it. And then we're going to have live music late in the afternoon to early evening. We think it's going to be good. Oh, yeah, we're also having wagon rides down the Gandy Dancer Trail to show people where this deer was dispatched. It'll be kind of an interesting event. Again, we hope it morphs into a, an annual tourism get-together, probably in this time of the year, the fall of the year, when you know the hunting season starts. We've had a lot of uh, interest in the festival. We've, we raised nearly $14,000 in two weeks to promote this thing. And the group that I'm with has been working on this festival since 
February. It's come together fairly quickly. So Nice. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun, and for folks who don't know where Danbury is, tell us how to get there. We're about a, two hours from the Twin Cities, so if you're going to be coming from the Twin Cities, you just go up I-35 and come across on Highway 77, and you'll go right past the statue. If you're coming from uh, Madison, Eau Claire, Milwaukee, you probably want to take 94 all the way to Eau Claire, and then you know from there the highway is 53, and then from 53 you just go up to 77 and take a left, and you head right to Danbury. Well, I hope you get a lot of visitors on the 24th. I hope that you make this an annual event, and maybe we'll talk to you again next year and see how it's shaping up. Thanks again for giving us a nod. You know, sometimes we get forgotten up this far. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's um, it's a fascinating story, and it's one that I think people will be interested in hearing more about. So thanks so much for sharing it with us, Dick. Great. Thanks, Dan. You have a great day. You too. Dick Hartman is Director of Economic Development for Burnett County. Again, the Jordan Buck Day in Danbury, Wisconsin, will be next Saturday, September 24th. You can learn more at burnettcounty.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camel pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show, catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. 
Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. they got great deals on new and used boats right now. Now, now, special pricing on pontoons, so check out their website and Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Castle Rock and Pete and Well Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water. CastleRock-PeteandWell.com and by Huntworth Gear. High-tech camo wear at a price you can afford. HuntworthGear.com. Hey, where's your boat going to spend the winter? I know where mine's going, right in Jeff's backyard, but Cedar Lake Sales <laughs> has indoor storage space available. Check their website for details and call Adam or Cal to reserve a spot for your boat. And if you missed our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, and if it's not airing in your area, you can still watch it online at MilwaukeePBS.org. And Deer Hunt Wisconsin shows are archived on our Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. We've got the radio show you're listening to right now online all the time. Go to lake-link.com. Uh, their outdoor radio page has uh, uh, all of the uh, all the past shows from uh, about up to a year ago or so, and uh, you can download that and uh, join us anytime it's convenient for you. You can find Dan on social media at Dan Small Outdoors. Find me at Hardwater Jeff. And we mentioned earlier, we are running our High Mountain Seasoning Sausage Variety Pack giveaway for one more week. To enter the drawing, call 414-297-7554 or email dsoradio at gmail.com. Leave your name and phone number or email address and mention the Sausage Kit giveaway. Well, Jeff, how about that Jordan Buck story? It's uh, quite a remarkable Adventure, bringing that statue of the Jordan Buck back to Danbury, Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, rightfully belongs, right? Absolutely, and there's even a song written about it. You can listen to it, folks, on the uh, Burnett County website. It's burnettcounty.com, and of course, the festival is next weekend, next Saturday, September 24th, which is also the 50th anniversary of National Hunting and Fishing Day. There are a lot of events around the country, including one for becoming an outdoors woman. Check them out at BOW Wisconsin. Check them out online. Well, the DNR news, um, there isn't much this week. The archery season is open. If you have a deer down, consider getting it tested for CWD. And our theme music is by Warren Nelson. By the way, he's going to be performing at Brad Bowen's 6th Annual Muskie Ball in Tony, Wisconsin on November 5th. We'll try to get him on the show. We'll try to get Brad on the show before that event to learn more. But save the date for some great Northwoods fun and music. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. Get to the perfect speed. Oh, how I love leaving the shore behind. When the cool night swallows the moose's nose and the heron is fishing on one cold leg when the loon 
cries lover in the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you when my wrist gets a little chilly on the gunnel when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure when the worms go dry in the coffee can honey I'll be true 